can you recommend some inventory apps? Okay. Aside, aside um, I think Canvas is an inventory app. Okay. That app, can you recommend one that small businesses who are just starting up can use? Yes. Um, I have a, a what's it called? A small business in Benin. The lady has reached out to me, and I have a session with her soon. I don't like to recommend these inventory apps, but I need someone who has, who can confirm that a professional who can confirm that it works and um gives some reasonable um results, rather than a paid one until they've gotten to that level where they can pay for it. Yes. So I'm just saying the basic things and user friendly also, because some of these people are not very educated and. Um, we just have to look for a way to assist them um, instead of them doing the Google Drive thing <laughs> and all of those things. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so I think the, the question would be before recommending is what exactly, what inventory challenge are they trying to solve? What do they need? Like what, what kind of support do they need that an app that they, they're expecting the app should be able to do for them? Okay, the, um, one of the things is having to record, um, being able to track their inventory. Okay. An inventory tracker and such that they know when an item is running out and when to restock, what is left, and also something that the business owner can track from anywhere, even while she's not in the office. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, the one that we tend to use for most of our clients um, is Zoho Inventory. So Zoho Inventory has both paid and free plans up to certain like limits. And it's quite good because once they load all their inventory information on the system and every time they make a sale, particularly if they are like, you know, maybe they primarily sell online, they don't yet have a store or a POS or anything. Um, they can just, as they're sending invoices out to like clients and or to customers that have bought from them, it adjusts the inventory levels, then they'll be able to um, also set like if they want, um, if they want to know, like maybe when like stock has reached a certain amount, they want to get warnings so they can see all those things on their dashboards, they can get emails. Zoho inventory, I quite recommend. I think it's quite user intuitive. Um, but to be honest, if the issue is the person's like technology skill level, or whatever, they should probably maybe have somebody else on their team that is going to be savvy enough to pick up because it's not really about the apps. There's so many like decent apps. The issue is whoever is using it, right? For us, maybe on this side of the world, you can argue that we're still a little bit afraid of even the simplest technology. <laughs> so you can come across like the app is the problem, but over and over again, the app isn't really the problem. It's one, knowing and investing in being trained and using it, even the simplest one, because the truth is it can be so simple, but still not give you what you want, right? Um, so there's that element of it. If they want the extent of knowing what is left and all of that, you can try Zoho Inventory. Then there's other apps that are maybe, and Zoho Inventory has both the computer version, like it's cloud-based, but it also has the app. So they can use do what they need to do from the app. Um, then there's the ones that like function like uh, almost like online stores as well as like inventory tracking. But the inventory tracking is quite basic, depending on what the business knows. So 
things like uh, apps like Kippa, K-I-P-P-A, because it also doubles with accounting. Then um, apps like Bumper, B-U-M-P-A. But Bumper is like you set up your store on Bumper, put in your stock, what you have, and as you sell, it will be telling you what is left. The only thing is if you sell outside of Bumper and you don't amend, like, because you know how you can either send people to like your link online to buy from your online page and all your pay stack or whatever, or you can take through DMs. But if you're going to use, they're going to use something like that. They would have to make sure that any orders that come outside of that platform, they still go and register it in there since that's where it's tracking the inventory. So to be fair for us in Nigeria, any solution we have still requires a little bit of cut and join. So for some, for our clients, like we have a client that she's moving from online only and she's about to open her first physical store, right? So um, we would now have to start working. And she also wants to connect like websites. So they're a bit more advanced maybe. But even at that, she still they still have to cut and join. So if a website still happens, automatically it affects like Zoho inventory. If someone like sells through, you know, DM or whatever, when they send an invoice, it will affect all of that. Um, so Zoho, I like Zoho. Um, but to be honest, like some people might still find it complicated. Um, but it really isn't, unless they're willing to have a member of their team or whoever they assign all those things to, to be trained on the basics of it. Um, or like I said, maybe it's even simpler version is to have something like a bumper um, and just make sure you record all your sales through there so that it tracks that. The added benefit of things like Zoho is because you know with inventory, there's two sides to it. There's the operation side and there's the accounting side. If the operation side is not handled well, the accounting side is pretty irrelevant um, because the operation side involves like all the way of, you know, okay, you've made a sale, inventory is adjusted and you can track when you've packaged that order that the clients made and when it's shipped and when it's delivered. So if there's anything, you can check the whole trail of like um, an, or a customer's order, right? So if the, if the client wants to go that far, there's that option. But if they just want to know, okay, how much do I have? And but things, the bumper may not tell you when you're running low. It's just, you just have to look and see what is left. Uh -huh. So it's um, the skill of whoever is using it will always play a part. Even the simplest things um, could still be a challenge for the person, to be honest. So when I make recommendations, I usually just want to understand what the person needs, who is going to be handling that side of things in their business, um, and then probably just, you know, either offer to train whoever and they get it done. But who is handling the app <laughs> plays a big deal. Um, there's an alternative, which is to use like Excel trackers, but the danger with that is it's not fully automated, right? Um, and it's not going to alert you necessarily. So they'd also have to have a dedicated person looking at that data. Plus, it's prone to so much error. Somebody can put in like the wrong information, you know, write 100 when they wanted to write 10. So really, um, inventory problems are solved to the degree that the owner is willing to um, invest in the most simplest forms of technology for these things. So that's what I would say. But if you want a recommendation, I can recommend Zoho. But there are people who still find Zoho very difficult, <laughs> even when 
which is quite simple. Um, so it really like you can try it out, you can see, but if the person in question who is the business owner is the one to use it, I would probably recommend you advise them to get a more savvy person in their team, one of their staff, and maybe them invest in being that person being trained in using whatever app it is. Um, and then they do that side of things, you know. Um, so yeah, that's what I would say, Shai. If you want an app recommendation, you can check out Zoho. It has a free version, which is quite robust. And then it also has a paid version. And also the what I like about Zoho is that even the paid versions are in Naira. So they don't charge us like dollar, a Naira equivalent of a dollar price. They do geolocation pricing. So like, I think the cheapest paid package for Zoho inventory is like 140K for the year. Where yes, you have other ones that will be charging like 200 or something dollars a month or 50 dollars a month, and it's not even tailored to you know, to be fair, there's not there's none that is really, really tailored to us. The other option as well, depending on the type of business, is if they will be willing to invest in having like POS systems in the store that you know, and then they're gonna go into like barcode scanning tracking. So you see that. The truth is the extent to which inventory problems are solved is really to the degree that the person is willing to invest in the technology to from end to end, you get. So that's what I would say. Does that help? So how do you um, plan your inventory in a way that, so say for instance, um, there are times when you, you know, suppliers, I think it's, it's part of their strategy as well. When they, they make you buy in bulk, mm -hmm. And then you now have excess inventory. Mm -hmm. So would you advise, is it like a, a wise um, strategy for you to stock or just buy like the quantity you can sell per time, mm -hmm. ensuring that you do not also sell out? Or would you advise that if you can buy um, in bulk? Because I know that is one of the things that our suppliers do. Yeah. So they, they can reduce their prices so that you can now have Yes, they too want to push off stock, so <laughs> they too want to clear out stock. Okay, cool. I don't know if you cut off or if you were done asking your question. Okay, you've muted, so I think I can attempt. Okay, great. So, <clears throat> very good question. A few things come into play here. Now, deciding whether to buy in bulk or not will be affected by your own strategy and the data that you have on hand. Um, about your business, right? So let's say as you're selling these beauty products, let's say, for example, one of the things you buy um, is like all these beauty blenders, right? Just a random example since you send, sell beauty stuff and you buy that from your suppliers. Maybe your suppliers is, um, <clears throat> your, they're trying to get you to buy in bulk. They already have an MOQ of like, let's say 50, right? So your minimum order quantity, maybe they say is like 50, but actually they are reducing the price. So you take like 200, okay? Now for you to make a decision whether you want to buy that product in bulk, you have to first of all, go back to your records and your data and understand how have beauty blenders been selling for us in the past, assuming this is something you've sold before. Of course, if you've never sold it before, the wiser thing is, start with a small enough quantity and then market and push it. But let's say you've sold beauty blenders before. You want to go back and factually look at your data and say, is this like a top selling product for us? How long does it, how long, according to our records, how long does it take us to sell these things out? Um, and at what price point does it make sense? 
right? So if you look at your records and it tells you, okay, actually our beauty blenders move very well. Like if we have like every month or if we have, let's say we have like hundred within like four weeks, we've cleared it out, right? Then you can make a decision. So, okay, fine. Since this guy is trying to make me buy 200, if I go on past data, then it should take us like, if it takes us like four weeks to sell 100, then in two months, we should have sold the 200. Then you know that, okay, you are even making more profit because he brought down the cost for you. It's those things that will affect what you do, right? They, are, they have their own reason for their strategy, which is take this stock of us. They too don't want to be stuck with things that are not moving. So they will convince you, ah, this one is the best, take, take, take. But you have to know from your own data, especially if it's something you've bought from them before, that this moves or doesn't move. Now, if on the flip side, you look at it and you say, this thing doesn't move. You just tell them, okay, it's not part of what we are buying. Well, I cannot buy this much because it just doesn't move. You can, you, you would have already thought through your strategy and reviewed your products and made a decision on what to go forward with and what to not go forward with, right? So what will determine that is how past products have moved. So when you're planning your inventory, you also want to think around, if you look at your, um, <clears throat> like let's say you look at your, sales records for like last year, right? If you notice that there's certain times of the year, because the time of the year too that you're planning to purchase more from suppliers plays a part. So if you say from like, you looked at the whole time of the year and you notice that around May, March and like October, sales were the highest. You should be able to drill down your information and say, okay, what did we sell the most here? And why did it move at this time? Maybe if you look in the March records, it was that, oh, Mother's Day was coming. So people were buying gift sets or something. Or in like October, there were so many weddings. So people were going to make up artists more and they were coming and buying beauty products from you. Like you have to be doing those analysis, right? To plan. If your, if your products now like are quite seasonal, so they move in certain seasons, you would also have to consider all those things. So when you want to plan, you have to look at your historical data. What sells and sells well for us? Not guesswork. A lot of times we do guesswork. We just say, ah, people always buy this thing. But when you look at the factual data, you might realize that, yeah, people buy it, but it may be taking you like four or five months to sell out something that is not even a high-priced item, right? If it's taking you four or five months to sell out something, but you know that when you sell it, that one thing is giving you like five million, that's a different thing. But if you're selling something of 1,000, 5,000, 10,000, and it's taking like five, six months to clear out, you want to ask yourself, does this make sense? So you have to kind of look back at your, your, your products, what's moving, what moves well, to inform what you order and at the times you order. You also have to think about how long it takes for your suppliers to get some certain things to you so that you place orders on time. That way, you know that by the time you've cleared out X amount of stock, before you clear it out, more has come. So you're not having to tell your customers, oh, we are out of it. Because one thing, you know, a lot of times, I understand like the whole, <clears throat> when it comes to Instagram selling particularly, I don't know where it became like a thing of pride to be announcing that you sold out. As a retailer, to me, there's no pride in selling out. It indicates to me two things. Either as a customer, I cannot rely on you to always meet my need for this product because you probably don't have the capacity to stock enough. Or like you are lying to make me feel like I'm going to miss out on a deal because I know they always teach us, oh, do emergency selling or what's the, what's the word they call it? Like make people like think urgently that, ah, this thing is not going to be there anymore. 
But if I'm a customer that consistently wants to buy from you, one of the most, like if I think of myself and like Instagram vendors that I stopped patronizing, it was because they just never had, I loved them, but like, you can't make me buy another thing that has nothing to do with what I want. So it shows either they're lying or it shows that, what's the word? They're either not planning very well or they're lying. <laughs> Maybe to create that urgency, like, oh, customers need to be buying, need to be buying. Or <clears throat> they have to, what's it called? Or they are just not good at planning. None, each of those three things, none of them are keys to building a sustainable retail business, right, in the first place. So <clears throat> I think that if you have to, it's that forward thinking thing, basically. It's that forward thinking side of it that, okay, if I'm going to sell this product, I want people to know that I always like my brand will always be there to provide this thing, right? So that's what I would say. The first part of planning is to look at what's, how, what, how we've done in past periods, what moved, right? What was selling well? What was, um, what's it called? What was not selling so well, right? There's something called like your ABC, doing like an ABC analysis, for example, on your in inventory. You can Google this for more information, but it's like categorizing your products. A, B, and C. So your C's are usually like your products that just don't move at all. And even if they move a little bit, they don't make you that much money. Then your A's are like, they sell well and they make you good money, right? And then your B's are like, they don't make you as much money as A, but if you sell more in volume, you surpass A. So it's those kinds of things. But if you don't have the data, then you won't be able to look back. You just kind of be guessing, you know? Um, so I don't know if that helps to set a premise um, for you and Yola. Does that help? Does that make sense? Does that work? Yes, it does. And it, it kind of leads me to the other question that I have. Sure. Mm -hmm. The other question I have is, um, so because I'm in the retail space, I, I saw your post about safety stock and then I, I took a cue from that. Um, but what I would like to ask again is, so yeah. we, we carry both um, high-end and affordable brands. Okay. And um, in some location, we have more sales of um, the irons. Okay. But in other location, because um, we use a, I'm not sure if this is a smart thing to do, actually. We, we have multiple stores, but we sell um, at the same price um, in all stores. Okay. So uh, there are places where, um, for instance, a or there are vendors that sell cheaper. Now, there are products that, like you mentioned, there are products that it is easy for us to restock because the suppliers are in Nigeria. So when we sell out, you know, next day we can get supplies. Something. Mm -hmm. But there are some that, those ones, you know, their margins are not as much mm -hmm. because everybody has access to them. Mm -hmm. But the ones that um, we, we um, buy from outside Nigeria, those have, you know, they, they might not sell as much daily, but yeah. they have better margins. Okay. So, but to curb um, theft and all, we, we try to use like the same prices. Now, that kind of affects one of our stores, which is what it about because we have competitors that sell lesser. Now, we can do lesser because we buy in that volume because uh, the average baby store buys maybe 20, 30, 40 pieces. But because we have multiple stores, we can buy in bulk. Yes. That means that we, we got cheaper than what the regular person would have got. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. But we still can't sell. And those people try to sell. I don't know if I'm the one who who who's letting that get to me because 
it's breaking all those market share in, in that market. Okay. Um, would so you advise so you basically as if you're outpricing yourself, so competitors exactly. are buying, okay. Mm -hmm. Yes, but in other locations, it's not an issue. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So okay. would you advise that maybe for that particular location, mm -hmm. try to price match since we have we have the power. have the margin for it. Yes. Yeah. So I would say um, mm. so I guess the way I would ask you is the possibility of someone outside of Ibadan finding out Ibadan's price lower for that that high. Uh, that's why that that's why we kind of have that challenge because some persons maybe they just maybe like somebody just walks into the store and they are saying ah uh, why is what you are selling to us to five why is the two thousand naira yeah uh, and we thought about maybe like okay promotions it was one of the plans that it was one of um the strategies that we had mapped out for the year that maybe we are going to have maybe more frequent promotions in that location yeah. but we can't always have promotions because. That kind of erodes like the point of what we're trying to do because that store still has overhead. We still have maybe like a better looking store than people that sell lesser. Maybe they yeah. just have like a store. Yeah. And we still have to put that into consideration. Mm. So it's kind of I, I'm I'm having when I saw the the mm. post about it, I'm like, okay, I'm going to if this is something that we're going to talk about, I'm just going to ask this question. Yeah. So I'm sure that I'm doing the right thing. Yeah. So for me, well, my my take would be don't reduce the prices because you, you want to keep your prices uniform across board, right? So I would say don't reduce the price. The other thing I want to ask as well is how do you, because this is for a particular product, type of product, right? It's not across the store we're talking about. Is that no, just Nigerian. Say that again. Just Nigerian brands because, you know, everybody can access suppliers. Mm. So... So the, the one the product the product you're talking about that you're saying you're selling more expensive than competitors in Ibadan is a particular type of product. That's what I'm saying. Yes, yes. Okay, yes. it's not like you're not talking about all your products in that store. That's what I wanted to come. Uh, they make quite a number because you know they are Nigerian brands. They are from different suppliers. They are different brands, but different different product categories. Yes. No, I understand that, but I wanted to just clarify that this. But no, not, not all. But not make, all is some products, of particular yeah. products that you're yeah. having this dilemma with, basically. That's what I wanted to understand. Okay, so I would say if you're keeping uniform, keep it uniform. Otherwise, if someone asks you why Badon is cheaper, right, you would then kind of like maybe be forced to tell a lie, like maybe some kind of lie, which lacks integrity anyway there's no need to lie so you can leave it and this is what we sell it as now the promotion strategy from time to time it's okay since you know you still have headroom in your margin you could do that you just have to think about like yeah it has the the store has overheads but the other products move it as well right the other products are also going to move like they're um, going to make money too so it's not like you're only, you're relying on those products as much so what I would say is, um, what I would say is to leave it, run the occasional promotions for those particular products to say, okay, we're selling it at X amount for those in Ibadan. And maybe it would be a local promotion as opposed to across like shouting it all over social media or whatever. So in case the, the people who do the brands um, see it and think, oh no, this is not our RRP. Which is another thing. If they if they set you an RRP, then 
that could cause a problem because they'll say, oh, you're not selling it at the recommended retail price. But if they didn't, I guess it's no big deal. So that's the first thing um, I would say for that. Then the second thing as well is I wanted to ask, how do you know that your pricing is really causing you to, to lose market share against other competitors? Like what information do you tangibly have that is making you come to that conclusion? Okay, so um, what happened was we, we used to have a lot of um, food traffic in the store mm -hmm. um, until um, we started noticing that you know, the, the food traffic started reducing, customers started complaining, you know, your prices are... Now, these are the prices that we've always sold. But, you know, I, th I think it, it's a market strategy for some people, especially maybe new entrants, mm -hmm. to try to lower like their prices so that they can gain market share. Mm -hmm. But in this case, this is not the case. This is the case of maybe someone who doesn't maybe understand um their business financials, you know, doesn't understand that revenue is different from profit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the, the there's a um there's a major person and I, I feel like maybe okay, maybe we'll just look over that and then focus on people that can actually afford these products because we are also have this audience. Yes. But you know, it it's hard for us to um I, I didn't want us to lose those people because when they now grow from buying the affordable Nigerian brands to when they want to buy like the irons, you know, we don't want to have lost that market because um they stopped coming because they felt oh you're yeah, too expensive. Hmm. This feedback of being too expensive, really like if five people come in, how many of out of five would, would complain? We we lost like a major share in the market because of that now it's not that's what i'm saying what is your calculation? what is the figures that because it, it sounds like an assumption unless you give me a number like how do you know you lost okay i don't have like that because <laughs> it could just be an assumption revenue. yeah no it's not from from that revenue like it really dropped mm -hmm. so okay that was that was what um that was like the major cause because last year i think it was beginning of last year we did like um the key one of last year we did like several promotions um back to back where you know mm -hmm. have we had we had some form of promotions and we had massive food traffic. Mm. And then everyone was like, so we had customers. I'm like, yes, we do. It's just that. Of that same yeah. branch. Yeah. No, of not the brand now. It's like the no, I'm saying of the branch, like the Badon branch. Yes, yes, the branch, yes. Mm. Like we had serious food traffic. And mm. Okay, now this is what these guys. It seems like this is what these guys. Um, this is the language they speak. Mm -hmm. But I, I wasn't sure if that was something I want to pursue because you know you also. Okay, also so when you brought down the prices was when they came, but when you went back yeah, to normal. Yes, but in this case, you know, someone they were going against is someone who doesn't necessarily understand like business financials. Mm -hmm. So they might decide to go lower and. I think it does they result go to they price themselves out of the market now and then you are still there. That's not your concern. <laughs> like, that is not... Unless they are such a big brand that they have no, they're not. advantage. Yeah, no, so, no. like, you can't even be stressing yourself over that. They should... If, if that's the strategy they're using, it's just a matter of time. And... Because you need money to restock. If they're not making enough money, like they will not be able to restock and then people will look for what they're looking for and would have to go to the other business that has it so you have to always remember like unless unless it is not your plan but most businesses should be working with the mindset that they're here for a long time not just a good time right so 
competitors will keep coming and going. Do you understand? Like it is now if the if, if everybody decides that they want to keep up, like stay relevant in the market for a long time. There's no point appeasing customers to the detriment of the sustainability of your business. There's none. So if it doesn't make financial sense for you, stick with your strategy. Okay. Maybe now the other question I would ask is, how, what is the marketing budget for the Ibadan branch? Like what efforts are put towards actually just generally marketing the business, not promotions or anything, but like other ways that we drive people to Ibadan store. What, what, tangible like strategies are in place for that okay so um when i was speaking with the team um ed um in december we're just going about the strategies for them because i just wanted to give you one more shot this year is like the year i'm giving them one more shot how long Before has the Adam branch been open um so it's actually our first branch to be so oh, it's the first ever one okay yes yeah. and i know how it used to be so i decided okay, maybe because we're focusing on the price sensitive folks because we have people who mm. work here Mm -hmm. do not think that oh you guys are so affordable mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so i figured okay maybe we're not reaching those people enough and they were yeah. like the first key one of this year to mm -hmm. go in maybe creating awareness for the business and let's just see mm -hmm. if we're able to that those niche of people um now those ones are not they don't really want promotions once they know that you're there because Oh, this this um persons that are competitors, they are, they might not be for me. It might it's a place that I would not want to go to, to buy my makeup because everything is just in a mess. Yeah, yeah. So I thought, okay, maybe we need to now begin to market actively for people who would want to come to like a place like ours. Correct. And then um, yeah. Mm. So um now is is the Baron branch as a standalone loss making? Um, okay. To be honest. I think it is because our online used to um operate from there as well, mm -hmm. but um, we moved online now to Lagos because we have a Lagos store now. So we moved the online now to Lagos, mm -hmm. and I was telling them that the, the store cannot self sustain without the the online. It was online that was you know like footing like most of their um, bills because online was profitable. I mean the overhead was like next to nil. So um I was speaking with. Uh, our top manager there that we need to now plan for this store to be able to self-sustain yes so um yes i think i kind of so now i don't think it can it can like pay for its expenses like the store how much what is what's the monthly overhead for everybody Staff so uh, about um say about 500 thereabouts including salaries yeah, five hundred six hundred everything. And what's the monthly revenue on average this past year for Ibadan? So um the past year, monthly maybe about um two, three thereabouts. You're not sure. That's why I want you to no, know. No, I have to I have to check. Yeah, you have to check so that you know yes. Yes, but we have great information, yes. Yeah, yeah exactly. because it was when you know, it will help you figure out, like, first of all, because why I ask that is if the business, if Ibadan in itself is not loss making, that's a good footing to start off with. Because if it's, if it's able to sustain itself, like you said, then fine. But you want to categorically know, like, how that, how it's looking. So, okay, 
in, there's the profitability on the products, but then there's the profitability, which is the gross profit, then there's a the profitability on the business overall. So you want to understand, okay, after we sell the products, what money is left over? And then what are our expenses? Then you want to look, okay, and then you have more overhead. Have we dropped all the overheads as much as we can? And then can we put in more marketing efforts? Maybe give it like three to six months and see based on real marketing efforts, even if you have to take some money from online to revive it, try that. Then you can now, I guess, make a decision afterwards and say, okay, we did six months of this. We spent this amount of marketing. We pushed, pushed, pushed. And we saw that we were not, there was no leakage in our overheads, like where we are spending some things we shouldn't spend. And then you can work with tangible numbers. I don't, I don't have the numbers, so I can't categorically say, right? I'm only going by your um, assessment of it. But again, it's also, apart from the numbers, there's a qualitative aspect for you to think about as you think about the Badon branch in particular, which is overall, as um, when you think of the vision and the strategy that you have for your company, where, like, how do I put it? Like, where does that play in the bigger picture, right? Because yes, it's an individual branch, but you have a whole company, right? So like, you know how, um, I don't know if you know this, they're quite popular here in Abuja, but I think they have like one store in Lagos, Celebrations, the gift shop, right? So Celebrations actually started out in just kind of like how you started an Ibaran and it came to like a, you know, and you can imagine that if you're going to take something in a town like Ibado or Joss, which is not a mainstream town, and compared to what is going on in Lagos or Abuja or any other popular place, if you even also check, you'd find that naturally, most of, more and more of your efforts, whether you're conscious of it or not, will go to those places because they're the happening places. So you now have to strategically think and from the vision of what you're building, how this plays out, right? Um, so you have to think numbers, but you also want to think long-term, where does Ibadan fit into the picture? Of course, factually, if Ibadan is not working and we can take that stock and move it out or maybe even reduce, I don't know how big the Ibadan operations are, but could we maybe reduce the Ibadan operations so that it's still there for the few people that want it, right? Um, versus closing up entirely. So I think those are some of the things that you would have to think about to make a decision for it, but give it a bit more of a push put some marketing towards it because if promotions was what first got people there after the promotions what other marketing efforts just for general not just doing sales or whatever but generally just making people remember that the store is there because like you said your store is the kind of store that you would shop in right so you probably invested into how it looks how arranged everything is and the quality um, and the types of brands that are there which means that you also came out of Ibadan, meaning that there would still be people like you, but you might be amazed that they don't know you're there. Because, you know, it's not a mainstream city. It's like if you're in, uh, I, I live in Abuja. I'm trying to think, let's say I live in like Nasarawa and Abuja is next door and I'm looking for makeup. All my mind is that is when I go to Abuja, I'll find all the happening things. Meanwhile, what I'm looking for could be in Nasrawa, but they've not they've not made enough like noise. So I just think, oh, there's nothing That's... in Nasrawa. Same way, some people be thinking there's nothing in Ibadan. Meanwhile, they are right there at their backyard. So you also want to look at how much have we really invested into just general marketing for this Ibadan branch before we give it like before we kind of 
push it away because it was your first fruit too. It's the one that opened the door. So be careful how you treat it. <laughs> be careful how you treat it. That was what that opened the door. That was the first child, you know. So you want to consider all those extra factors. See where else can we take from the other operations or just push a little bit more, even if it's just into some ads, um, just so that people know, because you think that people know you're there. Like they don't need to walk in if they just know that there's an Ibadan branch. Because if you check, I may be wrong, but you have your data. Not all your people that order from Lagos live in Lagos. No, they don't. So if you check, I don't know if there's any Ibadan people there. That could tell you something that maybe they just don't know, but they'll be happy not to spend that extra uh, logistics costs, extra delivery fee, if they can get it cheaper because it's in Ibadan, you get. So that's what I would suggest. I don't have all the information. If I was looking at all the figures and I understood like your head, then I can give you even more, but I would say these are a few things to look at um, before you make a final decision on Ibadan. But remember it's your first fruit. Treat your, maybe because I'm a first child. I, I treat first things very important. <laughs> so thank you so much. This is really, really helpful. I'm glad, I'm glad, I'm glad. So Abby says, Google My Business is another way for people to know your location. Yeah, so if the Ibadan one doesn't yet have a Google My Business location, try that out because people do search for things and Google. It actually does because they have like a really strong um online um influence so a lot of people that when you were speaking that was what i kept thinking about because a lot of people are surprised that we're in Ibad, and that's when i'm like okay yes so there's so maybe the market yes people know more about, about um abuja and uh, lagos outlets but because they're not the big boys <laughs> so when they want yeah. to order they'll be looking so for I think well. i'll just market it like you exactly give it like six months push put it go all out give it like six months just take a budget you know even if it's just something small like 100k and just push like our Ibadan branch or something for like six months. See, I mean, hundred k is small, but I'm just giving so that you you so you don't feel like you blew a massive budget or just ads on Instagram only as a start. You know, even WhatsApp marketing. If you guys keep label your WhatsApp contacts on WhatsApp business, you'd be amazed. People have family there. 